From old school to new, from analytics to your gut feeling, and from nuance to a blistering hot take, Cleve, Dave, and Maddie Ice present to you Political Football. Happy week after Thanksgiving, folks. Welcome back to Political Football. This is Matty Ice. Cleve and Dave will join me momentarily. But before we get into the meat, lack of a better term, no pun intended, of the episode, a little bit of business on Instagram. The handle is Political Football Podcast. I almost botched that. On Twitter, it is at Matty Ice Media. And of course, MattyIceMedia.com for all of your podcasting needs. We're hoping to add some new shows in the new year. We got some big things on the horizon. But first, Last week, I I missed an opportunity to play a clip to highlight Tyrod Taylor's career. And this week, something happened in the sports world, and I have to give one of my co-hosts the rub here. So this is from one of the biggest games of the weekend. Short of the first down. That'll do it. Under a minute to play. Ladies and gentlemen, Wolverine Nation, the long drought is over. Ohio State is vanquished. And for the first time in the history of this show, Dave has something to celebrate. So, Cleve, Dave, welcome to the show. How you yeah, fellas how you doing? doing? Well, I'm obviously doing fantastic. So I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Well, Cleve, are you happy for me that I root for a team that wins? Yeah, no, I, I actually, I actually waited to see the shirt. I thought we were going to get a picture or something prior, but I could take that. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was insane. I'm not ashamed to say that I cried uh, when the game man. finally finally went final yeah it's been a while since we beat ohio state and a while since we beat an ohio state when uh there's some stakes on the line so it was it was really excellent i'm in a very good mood i mean megan outed you on facebook so uh there's that too so i i I saw the reaction cleve didn't get to see it because cleve is uh, sans facebook these days but i saw the the plethora of emotions that you went through (laughs) yeah it was uh it was really fantastic it was one of the best probably the second best win over Ohio State in my life behind 1997 where we went to the Rose Bowl to play for the national championship but if we end up winning a national championship this year which there's still a long way to go this one will probably pass that one so I would have to assume that that means this is number two on your like all-time favorite football wins or are there some Lions wins in there that could possibly qualify yeah, there was like week four in 1995 when the Lions won a game. Week four? Uh, that's Man. That's, that's, <laughs> definitely, that's definitely up there. No, so it would be uh, 97 Ohio State and then the following Rose Bowl to win the national championship. And then actually Tom Brady's last game at Michigan to beat Alabama in the Orange Bowl. And I was there on January 1st, 2000. So okay. those would be the uh, lead ones. First, under the lights against Notre Dame in 2011. Just want to get that out there for the Notre Dame fans because they're not having a hard enough time as it is. So, yeah. Um, listening to you say that, and you know, we always make fun of me because of the the lineage now for the last twenty something years. So, anybody who's listening that's from the New England area who just heard that, remember how good you have it because the list of games <laughs> that we have is much longer than like four. And anybody who complains now is a piece of shit. So, um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I always think about Thanksgiving and football going hand in hand. And I feel like a lot of households in the country, even if they're not football households, for, it somehow ends up on a TV. And um, I felt like the slate of games coming in really wasn't that great. But we did have a few moments here or there that we can definitely chop up. But I thought the overall in both college and the NFL, the weekend really delivered in a lot of ways. What do you guys think? So, yeah, so obviously I thought the weekend delivered great after Michigan won in the noon window. I could have cared less about what happened the uh, the rest of the weekend. But in the college game, yeah, it was great. Alabama and Auburn came down 
came down to the wire. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State came down to the wire. Oklahoma won. So Oklahoma's coach fucked off to Los Angeles to coach USC. So that's fun. And then for the NFL, I actually thought the games on Sunday were not that entertaining. Neither were the games on Thanksgiving. Actually, I just thought it was kind of a bad weekend of football. Cleve, what did you think? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, it was. I mean, that was the biggest thing to watch on TV. I normally watch planes, train, planes, trains, and automobiles. Don't ask me why. I've been watching every year since it movie came out. I always have to watch it. Like I never saw it. Um, but the 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 Lions game was unwatchable. I mean, I know I'm rooting for the guys. So I have to give it a watch, but I just sat through that. I'm like, man, this is this is not good. I was actually studying for my real estate exam, which I did pass, by the way. Oh, congratulations! Thank you, sirs. What a um, bury the lead, huh? Would have buried the lead. I mean, that's yeah, really yeah, important. I mean, yeah, I'd rather Michigan would have beat Ohio State, but I'm also glad you passed your your exam. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It was a tough exam, but it was good. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. Like the the it, nothing jumped out as a great week of football. Um, but the fact that we're this far into the season, um, and we're getting a little bit of drama with things that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't excited, but to Matt's point in in his opening that. Every TV probably had a game on. Even if you're not watching it, it's watching you. So yeah, yeah I, I took, but I, but I took a cold shower on, on all my bets this week. Like, and I, I agree with both you guys that this year, everything's a fraud. I, I just don't even know what to bet. Like, I'm like, I'm scared now to push buttons on FD and DK. I'm like, what do I do here? I'm not gonna call you, Dave, because I don't want to, I don't want to put you in the line of fire and make you responsible for me, for me blowing my my inheritance but i'm like i'm not i'm not responsible for the bets that you make you know it's not investment advice this is not financial advice you know if i yeah, if i say bet the over in cowboys raiders and you know it's just, just you know you just didn't know what you're getting this year it's really everyone's in it everyone's in it i just want to go back to thursday because we don't have anything to awkwardly transition from this week because there was some good news on the political front which if you guys want to get into that that's fine but i want to give you a little bit of a glimpse as to what happened on on thursday thanksgiving this is at 3 40 p.m the cleveland uh cockbag lions what the fuck <laughs> let andy dalton f- throw for 300 Man. and then goes on a diatribe and says i fucking blame both of you especially matt it's like i'm holding a suicide note <laughs> and that's not even the whole thing that's just a glimpse into it so dave uh, take it away with the 1230 game on Thanksgiving with your Detroit Lions and somebody's Chicago Bears. Yes, this is this is the game that got Cleve just tilted before the dinner even came out on Thanksgiving. We had the Bears 16 at the Lions 14. Now, this was a while ago, first game on Thanksgiving, and you all probably forgot that this game was won on a last second field goal. It actually oh. had an exciting ending, but it doesn't matter because this game sucked. Oh, it's terrible. It was so <laughs> fucking bad. This was the worst game to be settled on the final play I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, I actually, it was so bad that I kind of felt the Lions deserved to lose even before the kick was made. Wow. But I also thought the Bears deserved to lose. So, as Cleve noted in his diatribe, Andy Dalton did throw for over 300 yards. <laughs> But what this game showed me is that Matt Nagy is for sure getting fired. Oh, yeah. And what I think the Bears should do, since the coaching carousel in uh, college football is going crazy, I think the Bears should hire Ryan Day away from Ohio State and reunite him with Justin Fields. That's very popular right now. Like, basically, give him all the money because it's now or never for Ryan Day, I would think. I mean, he's got to be close to his peak of what he could be, right, in terms of, like, uh, interest. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I don't think it's going to wane because he's got, you know, he's got the cupboard stacked at Ohio State still. He could wait a couple more years, maybe pick a better place. But since he and Justin Fields had so much success together, yeah, that's the most important thing to the organization. That's probably the way that I would go. You know, let me ask you guys. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead I'm sorry, Matt. Nope. Let me ask you guys something. And this is a college game thing. And 
this is more sort of Dave, but my, Matt, you might know because you're a sports guy. Why do these coaches make this transition like right in the middle of like the play, the playoffs to get ready to happen? It's just kind of a if if I'm a if I'm a guy, if I'm a quarterback or whatever on one of these teams, I know the coach is leaving and this person recruited me. Obviously, everyone has the right to go wherever they, wherever they want to go, except for the transfer portal guys. Um, but it's like it's like these people like, they, like they're making decisions for jobs and stuff in the middle of a season stuff or the oh, tail end. Oh, yeah. So the reason for this. This is actually very logistical, and that is because the recruiting signing period window will open and close before the playoff games start. Oh, so okay. if you're Brian Kelly going to LSU, you need to get to LSU and get your recruiting in order before the playoffs even start. So even though Notre Dame has an outside shot of making it in, if he's going to LSU, he's got to go now because he can't afford to have this class completely fall apart. And then he's going to have people transfer out because he's a jerk and they don't like him and they sign to play for Coach O and they can go somewhere else. So he loses a bunch of transfers and he doesn't bring in a bunch of freshmen. You know, he wants to get the kids he's got coming to Notre Dame. He wants to get some to go to LSU now instead. But but doesn't that, yeah, but doesn't that work on the flip, as you just said, like if a kid's going to commit to Notre Dame because Kelly's there, all of a sudden, hey, he's not going there. But I, I don't have a shot going to Louisiana because... Yeah, but- you know, maybe somebody else is going to be better. Oh, now, this, now I'm going to play for a coach. I don't even know who's going to be there. So, yeah. So, but let's put it the, from the way, because he's more concerned about who's already going to LSU. So let's say that you, Cleve, you are the number two running back prospect in the country. You're from Miami, Florida, and you made it clear from the very start that you were going to stay in the South at the start of your recruitment. So Notre Dame didn't even come near you. Brian Kelly didn't even talk to you because you're like, I'm staying down South. I want to play in the SEC. So you sign with LSU. But now the coach is leaving and this guy you've never spoken to before is going to be the new coach. The new coach is like, hey, I have to talk to this kid. He has no idea who I am, but I really want him to stay in this class. I need to get working on that. So once Brian Kelly takes the LSU job, he's LSU's coach and he's got to go immediately. And that's the reason why they do it now is to get out in front of the recruiting. All right. Just I was always curious about that. I mean, I probably knew that on some level. But I was always curious as to why, like, this. it's like your boss saying, hey, I'm leaving, like, in three months, two months, but um, I'll still be here in case we make a bowl game. It's crazy. Yeah, but when I was thinking about Nag- Matt Nagy for a second, um, I love the buildup to this game and how all the reporters were like, hey, buddy, uh, we-, we heard that you were going to get fired. And he's like, I haven't heard that. And I'm like, fucking yes, <laughs> you're you hearing have. It. Like, you're hearing it now. <laughs> yeah, you're hearing it now. And I thought to myself, what would be the best way? Because Cleve always loves to fire people in the middle of games, but on Thanksgiving, after that big win, he's like, all right, I saved my job for one more week. He goes to grab that drumstick off the turkey, and the owner of the club just comes over and rips it out and fires him right after they win the game. That would be the best way to do it. It's just yeah. a bunch of turkey legs laid on the table that spell your fire. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Oh, like, man, you guys Because weird. in the lead up to this, everybody's like, they wouldn't fire him on Thanksgiving. And I was like, yes, they fucking would. Like, Matt Patricia got fired last year right after the Thanksgiving game. So it's definitely possible. And all this really did for him was it's going to he's going to get fired later. Like, it's just going to be waiting. I mean, at some point, he's going to get fired. Like, if they lost this game, though, he would have definitely been fired. Yeah, he needs to get fired sooner rather than later. So he can jump onto the um, the Alabama coaching staff before the playoffs. Man. Yeah, for sure. But this game was so bad. Now, Dave, at the end of the game in that last final drive, the Lions just had no clue what they were doing defensively. Calling two timeouts in a row, didn't know who was supposed to be on the field. It was just a giant mess. And it's funny. I feel like this is a this is exactly what the problem with this team is. I mean, to, to not know, like you're up and you can't give up a field goal and they had no clue what they were doing. 
Like nobody seemed to have an idea what was going on. It was the strangest thing. And I felt like Matt Nagy should have gone for the jugular, even though that's the Lions. I shouldn't, uh, you know, use that use that pun. <laughs> but at the here's the day too. It's fine. But at the end of the game, go for the touchdown and get the win. And I felt like they played with a field goal. And maybe you disagree with this, but I was like. This is kind of what the problem with Matt Nagy is in general. Like, just go for the fucking win. Like, can you imagine if the field goal got botched and all that stuff? And it's like, I, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was a soft way to end the game. I get it. It's guaranteed. It's almost guaranteed. It's at the end. But it just felt with the way that the Lions looked, throw for the fucking end zone. So the way the way that the game played out, kicking the field goal there is 100% the correct thing to do. Um, because you, what you really don't want to do is leave any time on the clock because it was 16 to 14. So it was 14 to 13. So even if they score and get the two point conversion, it's 21, 14, and you're not going to wait till the last play of the game to score a touchdown. So it's much better to leave no time on the clock and kick the field goal. So the way he did it to end the game was analytically uh, correct. The bigger problem is he scored 16 points against the Lions. There's that too. Like, and you, I mean, oh my God, it was just so bad. And the Lions had Jared Goff too. Like it wasn't as if they were starting Tim, what the fuck is his name? Uh, I almost said Tim Blau. I almost said Tim Blau. That's almost like the two guys combined. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Um, but I, you know, it's it just, I don't know. It was a great, it was a great game right before the middle game because it was like, man, it couldn't get any worse than this. And it almost did. It's outside of the score. I mean, the, the flow of the next game, as my brother-in-law likes to say, was a little bit weird. Yeah, so the next game was the Raiders 36 at the Cowboys 33. And first things first, Amari Cooper has been out outed as an unvaccinated asshole. I mean, I don't get how these players can be so selfish. They probably lost this game because he wasn't there. And he wasn't there because he's unvaccinated. Had he been vaccinated, he could have tested his way back back into this, but he's not. So he missed the game before and, and this game. And honestly, if I were Jerry Jones... He would be running gassers until I got sued by the Players Association. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, like he would he would want to quit by the time I got through with him for um uh for what he did. So, you know, that's the first thing. The second thing I noticed about this game is that Tony Pollard is definitely the best running back. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Not even I close. It as a joke in July, and then like to be clever two months ago but now i'm saying it like seriously like um you know everybody go get your colonoscopies and also tony pollard is the best running back on the cowboys like, i'm serious <laughs> about it like you gotta you gotta pay attention and that kickoff return was amazing I, yeah i think if i saw it right he was running like 200 miles per hour it was yeah, something he, like that z couldn't do that yeah that, well that's when i text you guys i'm like yeah so um <laughs> he's gonna go see lucille we have a tick we have a ticket for you that's of course the only play in that game that i missed too by the way so you know i'm glad that i i'm glad that i took the exact right moment to leave and uh go to the park or whatever it was that we were doing it looked like the road runner like his legs yeah, were moving, but never touching the ground it was it was disgusting um i don't know if he needs to i don't know if he needs to see lucille just to become a fullback you know i think they could just handle that handle that in the locker room that's true <laughs> But um, it, it was something that I noticed, and I think other thing to note is since that game, the Cowboys have come out and said they're considering, you know, resting Zeke. And I've noticed that Zeke is like, nope, full participant in practice. I'm not going anywhere. You're not resting me because I'm not letting that guy take my job. Exactly. It's going to play hurt. Uh, also, speaking of hurt, Darren Waller got hurt, uh, and he's week to week with a knee injury. So I already thought the Raiders were fraudulent. I think this is a terrible loss for the Cowboys. May not end up mattering given their schedule down the stretch, but a uh, terrible loss for them. But without Darren Waller, week to week means he's not playing this week, I would assume. Yeah. They're probably missing yeah. a couple games. So hopefully we can just get 
rid of the Raiders. I mean, I actually kind of want to like them because they're in Vegas now, but not this year. Like, this team can't win anything. The AFC is full of teams that could actually win something, mm-hmm. and they're not one of them. So I need them to just clear out. The Cowboys had a job to do. They had to get right, and they had to t- convince us that they could get right. And I, I know that there's a lot of narrative about the refereeing in this game, and we definitely texted back and forth about this. But overall, when I was watching this game, referees or not, I felt like the Cowboys didn't get the job done. Plain and simple. And if you're going to win the Super Bowl this year, you're going to have to start beating these teams. And like something that I noticed this week is, man, so many of these playoff teams keep letting these other fraudulent teams get them every week. And yes. it's, it's unbelievable. It's not just the Cowboys. It's really a plague throughout the entire league at this point. This is weeks and weeks in a row now that all these teams were like, they're frauds. And then they fucking win another game against a team that we know that is better than them. Yes, and at this point, you know, last week I said it was going to be the Eagles, but one of these fraudulent teams is going to a, a conference championship game. I know. The Broncos, the Raiders, the Eagles, one of them is going to get there. And we're all going to be like, how in the world did this team ever make it this far? Because these good teams just refuse to just uh, put the, the nail in the coffin of these poor teams. However, that was not the case in the next game. No. Hey, Cleve, I have a question for you. Sure. Who is the current overall quarterback one in fantasy football this year? Number one in fantasy yeah, who's football. The, who's the best fantasy quarterback in the NFL this year? Zach Wilson, duh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right across the bow. Rass knuckle to the temple. Love it. Um uh I'll give you a hint. You don't think he's worth the money. You think he's overrated trash. Not Tua. No, no, it's not Tua. That would be amazing. Also, yeah. doing, I would be doing the show constantly hitting you with suck it signs the entire time. <laughs> no, it's Josh Allen. Did anybody else pick up on the fact that Cleve has so many of those in his mind that he had to think about which one it was? Yeah, yeah. I, I had four guys come up, and I'm like, it definitely ain't Russ. Ooh, that's <laughs> no, good. It is, it, is, it is Josh Allen, who is the uh, – Overall, QB1 in fantasy so far this year. And every week you decide to talk shit about him, Cleve, he just comes back and just crushes. So since the Bills are at the Patriots on Monday night this week, can you do me a favor and talk some shit about Josh Allen this week? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I think the Josh that we know before the money shows up. So ah, good luck, Matt. Good okay. luck, Matt. All right. By the way, coming into this game, uh, Chris asked me, she's like, do you want to watch this game? And I was like, no. She's like, why not? I was like, Bills are going to win by three touchdowns. And it basically happened. So I I felt really confident that going and once the game kind of got started, I was like, Saints don't have anything. No, no, they're not. However, there's big news out of this game for the Bills. Tredavious White tore his ACL, the all pro corner. And that's going to make a big difference against top wide receivers later in the year. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an example of why you don't want to give away games you should win early because they'd be a lot better off if they had the Colts and the Jags wins under their belts right now, the Titans. You know, if they had three more wins under their belt, they'd be sort of like, okay, we can take some time to adjust how to not have Trey White. What are we going to do? How are we going to change the scheme? If it doesn't work for a game, we can just learn from it because we've got so much leeway. But now they have none. So now they have to figure out how to get by without their best defensive back, one of the best corners in football. And they have zero uh, net to work with for trying to figure this out. How on earth did this team lose to the Jags? Seriously. Yeah. You just took that right out of my head, man. Really. Watching them the other night, I was like, you know, from what I saw, I was like, this is just, I don't understand how this team could lose to the Jags. Like, I understand that every team has a bad game, but that just was such an inexplicable loss, and it may come come back to haunt them. Like you said, Dave, they don't have any wiggle room. No, none. None whatsoever, and they got the Patriots uh, 
twice still to go. Now getting into the Sunday games, the first game here, we got a good one for you, Cleve. We got the Steelers 10 at the Bengals 41. Man. Just a just an epic beatdown. Uh before I get into dancing all over the Steelers, I do want to point out for the Bengals that uh Joe Mixon, 28 carries, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. He is finally seeing some elite usage. It only took like four years in the league. But they're <laughs> finally starting to feature him. And then uh welcome to 2021 T. Higgins, six catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. You know, my best ball teams would appreciate it if you would stick around for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then for the Steelers. Um, Ben Roethlisberger may have avoided prison, but he is on his way to the glue factory. This dude is done. Yeah. It's, like it's... D-O-N-E done. He went 24-41, 263, a touchdown and two interceptions. But he did that with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Najee Harris. Like, what would this guy look like if he switched places with Jared Goff? Oh, yeah. But he was on the Lions with nobody. <laughs> That's like, a good experiment, actually. Like, let's put him on one of those teams and see what happens. Honestly, put him on the Seahawks. Like, just flip him and Russ right now. You know what I mean? The Seahawks would look just as bad, and the Steelers might actually look a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Steelers should be done. They deserve to be done for not moving on from this loser in an off-the-field sense like three years ago because now he's a loser on the field. Yeah. The tie with the Lions should be considered a loss as far as, like, evaluating this team. Mm-hmm. It's at home. It's the Lions. That's a game you should win, and they tie. So, like, it's a loss thinking about it. And then the Bengals, they whooped the Ravens earlier in the year, too. So they've dropped some bad games. But they also beat up on some other uh, teams that traditionally beat up on them. This is a team that could, like, explode over the end of the season and just, like, roll through a bunch of teams. Yeah, I agree with that. But, man, I tell you, the, the Steelers, I said it at the beginning of the season. I've maintained it that they weren't going to make the playoffs. And a couple things. Um, the, the Steelers definitely in my mind, should bench Ben and see what they got in Haskins, right? Like, it was kind of weird that they started Mason Rudolph, but don't they have to kind of see at this point? I would think so. Right? I mean, well, here's my question. Why didn't they start Dwayne Haskins when Ben was out with COVID? Was it a, a game plan thing because Rudolph knew the whole offense? Like, or is he just not, like, do they already know that he's not well, in? The, well, well, there's stuff coming out. And again, this is alleged and we don't know because we're we're not in the locker room or um on their sidelines but this stuff coming out about Haskins um, preparation maturity and willingness to be like present in in learning what's going on on the field like he's he says cell phone in his pocket he's fucking around texting this is force that are coming out and I'm like do you want to you're better you should be better than Mason Rudolph this should be your job Mike Tomlin lobbied for you to come here you when you were gonna get sent to the to the uh, Michigan Battlehawks. <laughs> oh, wherever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, for one, am shocked that the player from Ohio State can't focus and know what they're doing when they don't have somebody controlling every single thing for them. Nice. That's going to be the theme of this episode because he's on a super high right now. But did you guys see uh, Chase Claypool asked uh, Mike Tomlin if they could play music or something like that in practice? And Mike Tomlin was like, he's a wide receiver. I'm the coach. Uh, I think the division of labor is proper here. I was like, oh, man. And I thought to myself, you know what, man? Like, play music if you're winning, but they're not winning. So, like, in Mike Tomlin's mind, he's like, it's not going to fucking matter. Personally, I, I think Chase Claypool should take to Instagram and be like, well, who's going to still be in Pittsburgh in two years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not untrue, but at the same time, I just love like Mike Tomlin's answer to it. It's very much like the division of labor is proper here. I was like, nobody talks like that, man. Like, come on, just be like, go fuck off. I'm the coach. You know who talks like that? Overrated football coaches who have ridden the coattails of Hall of Fame players oh, to their wow. only success in the league. I Man. totally forgot about that take when I started talking about this. I should I should have known. You're not a Tomlin guy? Fuck, man. No, no. I mean, again, off the field, and I've been Roethlisberger guy. He's human garbage. 
But on the field, he's been fantastic. And then so is Troy Palomalu, and that's who led, you know, Matt Patricia could have won 10 games a year with that team. So, Ooh. no, I'm not I'm not impressed with uh with Mike Tomlin. I think he's slightly above average. He's He is to coaches what, like, the Las Vegas Raiders are to football this year. Bengals could be one of the more exciting teams to make the playoff field if they can hold this, though. Like, they are exciting as hell. Yeah, and we're due for another, like, Jamar Chase just crush it game. It's been a little bit, but he's... His like peripheral stats are still good, good usage and good A dot and all that. So it's coming. Like there's going to be one where it's like, oh, 13 for 203 touchdowns. It's it's going to happen here shortly. He's not going to get the waddle 13 catches for 38 yards. Oh my god! I keep making that lower and lower yardage every time we bring it up, Man. but uh, it just gets funnier to me. Uh, so Joe Mixon in this game did have four catches. Cleve, how many yards on those four catches for Joe Mixon? How many yards? 84. Negative two. I was going to say, I was actually going to say negative because I was like, (laughs) it's going to be something stupid. 84 yards. (laughs) That would be like an epic day. That's like a Jonathan Taylor day right there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So the next game here, Cleve, I got another question for you. Which quarterback this week went 27 of 31 for 230 yards, one touchdown and no interceptions? It wasn't Daniel Jones, was it? It was not Daniel Jones. Although this quarterback also won the game. Oh, they won the game. Okay. I, I think I know who it is. You ready, Cleve? Yeah, I'm ready. Is it Zach Wilson? It is not. Damn. It's Tua. Oh, that was my yeah. guess. Oh, yeah. I, I was waiting for the victory fucking lap. 20, tw- 27 of 31, which Zach Wilson came in, like, in his best dreams, doesn't go 27 for 31. That's true. Not well, yet, anyway. You know, but you know what, though? I want Matt to do me a favor for next week. I want him to pull up the... The our draft feed when we did our live draft on Twitch, when you when you told me, oh that's a great pickup for you guys and fucking guy. I, I didn't say it was a great pickup. I said it was a highly variant pick. I would have I was consistent. I would take Justin Fields number two overall. Okay. The entire time, I I never wavered off of that take. You know, you're not going to try to like smooth talk your way out of this one, <laughs> right? No, I said the Jets should take Justin Fields. I said it as soon as the number two yeah. pick was locked in, they should take Justin Fields. Yeah. So, no, this I said that according to my boy Scott, that Zach Wilson had a huge ceiling, but also a very low floor. And we're seeing how low that floor is. Yeah. You know, Cleve, oh. to be fair, Dave did shit on every team that passed on fields until the Bears took him. And remember, because I can't bring up back that feed because on Twitch they get rid of it. But uh, oh. Dave did freak out when he knew that the Bears were going to take Justin Fields. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was consistently on fields. Now I did think that the Dolphins should take two ahead of Justin Herbert. So I do have to own that. And so far this is working out for the Dolphins. They are storming back from their terrible start, which featured like four Jacoby Brissett games. They have a winning record with Tua. And I think that the whole, Matt made this point last week, their hole might be too big to dig out of with the Patriots and Bills in the same division. But this team is way better than their record. So, you know, I'm not going to take the full L on the Dolphins this year, especially if they end the season with a winning record with Tua at quarterback. To me, that indicates some really good stuff going forward in the next year. Now, on the other side of the ball, uh, this is a game the Dolphins did beat the Panthers 33-10. Got to get that out there. So, Cam Newton's stat line, Cleve, 5 of 21. 5 of 21 for 92 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. And he got benched. And he got benched for the XFL MVP, Philip Walker. That's right. Who's not very good. Was he saying, I'm back? Was he saying that shit again or no? Yeah, to the bench. Like, he got benched again. I'm back, bitch. I'm back. Um, so, Cleve, I, 
I, sorry, Dave. I actually have a question for Cleve because I remember in our text thread. Oh, at, hold God. on, hold on. It's kill me is kill me night. Patriots Saints. You told me via text Cam could score more than thirteen points, and I have to ask you: Could Cam have gotten the Patriots to seven and four this year with what we've seen since he's come back? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a one game sample. It's not even a one game sample. It's it's a, it's a, it's a package that he had coming out. It's a couple of packages because he still has to know the offense. Um, he they're in Shit's Creek because without CMC they're done. They're done. They're didn't, exposed. Didn't now. CMC play this game though? He started the game. Right. Actually, when CMC was in the game, Cam ran for a touchdown. Okay. So, but yeah, once CMC went out, the wheels came off. But he's up for the year now, so the yeah, Panthers are done. They're toast. Like they, yeah, it's funny because I, I had this like what I thought was a good point last week to just feed him, and he got ten touches in the first quarter. And they got hurt. Now he's done for the year. So they at least listened. But the worst case scenario happened, and they they could not be any more irrelevant now. Oh, God, um, I kind of yeah. wish they were on the Lions' schedule going forward because you get a win there, but. That's not that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, anything else on this game, you guys? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get on to the barn burner of the week. The Eagles seven at the Giants 13. <laughs> uh, so, Dave, you did say the Eagles could win the Super Bowl last week. So and, but you also but you also <laughs> yeah. said in our in our post game that this is going to be the game to screw that over. Correct. And this and this was it. This is exactly. So they play consistently for four weeks including beating the lions 44 to 6 and i'm like how come they could have played this bad against the lions so we could pick up a win like how come they had to play great against us and then just choke against the giants cleave though i have a question for you the giants <laughs> fired jason garrett so yeah who was calling plays for the giants this week this is so good who was calling pl- we talked Not about him last week yeah we talked about this person last week this person is now calling plays for the giants after jason garrett got fired we said he was at alabama <laughs> All right, I have no fucking clue. It's Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> yes. You're joking, right? Nope. I'm not. Oh, my God. I'm not. No, get your colonoscopies, people. I'm not oh joking. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and nearly died, but I didn't text it to you guys because I wanted to leave it for the show because I knew Cleve wasn't going to see it. <laughs> oh, my the God. The Giants fired Jason Garrett and replaced him with Freddie Kitchens. It's like the one, like the, the one thing you could do wrong. <laughs> After Garrett, like they should have just kept chasing Garrett. Oh yeah, he, man. How how does that look when he's seeing Lucille and and Freddie's coming down the hall? Like as he, as they're, as they're telling him, hey, the bus ticket is a one way ticket. Take it and go. Turning your key card. Hey, Freddie, come in here and sit down for a second. Like really? I man. You can just imagine Jason Garrett sitting at home with his Eagles gear on, rooting for the Eagles to be the Giants, and just being horrified as Freddie Kitchens is leading the Giants to a victory against the Eagles. He just got fired because he can't do anything with them. So but, uh, good. Uh, honestly, this game sucks so bad. Oh, I didn't so even, like bad. look at any of the stats. Uh, yeah. Hurts <laughs> was awful. Danny Dimes was awful. And suffered a neck strain. They mm-hmm. think he'll be back this week, but it's up in the air. Uh, Kadarius Tony didn't play. Sterling Shepard didn't play. Saquon played, but nobody knew it. So I think but this game just sucked all the way around, aside from the fact that the Eagles really did go out there and choke it away. I think Saquon had like 13 carries for 41 yards. And I was like, number two pick in the draft, baby. Yeah, um, But speaking of necks, though, so I think Mike Glennon is going to be starting for the Giants next week. Have you guys seen his neck? I thought Davis Mills had a neck. I think we have another contender in the best neck in the league. Oh, no, Mike, Mike, Mike Glennon is the OG giraffe. I oh, guess he, he is. Broke his, but in, in this generation, Mike Glennon is the is the OG giraffe. Uh, he he was legendary at North Carolina State for for his neck. I mean, this dude is legit. Cleve, I'm telling you, like I didn't know this, and when I saw the press conference from him, I thought that somebody had doctored it. Like that's how ridiculous his head looks. 
Mike Glennon's neck looks like somebody took Mike Glennon's neck and added David Mills's neck. Seriously, to it. <laughs> oh man, it's ridiculous. And Mike Glennon's still out there. Unbelievable. Oh man. I mean, well, he's he's like six foot four. His head's like seven foot three, but he's like six foot four, and he's strapping. He's got an okay arm, and he's smart. So, like, I get why he's floating around as a as a backup in the league. I really hope uh, Daniel Jones is able to go, though. It's critical fantasy times and some of my teams do have daniel jones as their as their quarterback because you can put up numbers when you're losing that's Um, true Mm -hmm. uh, the last thing about this game is that the eagles loss does open the door for the football team which we'll get to in the in the last game and the other thing by the way is that if the dolphins were in the nfc they'd be in the hunt like firmly in the hunt yes so just want to point that out because we're talking about how they may have a too big of a hole in the afc but if they were in the nfc they'd be in it so that's a good spoiler for later Yep. Uh, the next game here, we have the Titans 13 and the Patriots 36. Matt, I don't even want to hear it. Uh, so, Cleve, two wide receivers led the led the Titans in receptions this week with two apiece. Who were the two wide receivers? I don't even know who they who they are. <laughs> if you give me the names, I'm going to ask you what I always ask you. Are these real people? It's Nick Westbrook-Akina. Sure. <laughs> who was a star wide receiver at Indiana and got in towards ACL covering kickoffs in the first game of the year because that's how you use your star wide receiver at Indiana. That's great. Uh, that coach got fired. And then the second player is Cody Hollister. Sure. I'll buy both Cody of those. Hollister sucked at Arkansas. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how exactly he's in the NFL and getting two catches for the Titans, but this is where this is where they are. So like obviously the Titans were gonna or the Patriots were gonna just roll in this game the one note i have on this is that bill belichick has actually never won the coach of the year award Mm-mm. so if you live in a state where you can bet on this bet it because he's gonna win are it's you serious he's run. never he's never won coach of the year no nope. never won it even with the super bowls I, yeah but i think it's because i mean cleve when you have a guy like tom and they've had a lot of talent over the years i think you just kind of like get looked at as if he should be winning with these teams and this team is not that like this is one of his best coaching jobs ever. I said that about last season, but in this season, I feel like is on par. But they have a rookie quarterback, so it's been a little bit, you know, it's a little iffy at the beginning. But I agree with you, Dave. Like he has to be in consideration unless they completely tank the rest of the year. But if they make the playoffs, he's got to be considered one of the one of the coaches of the year. If they if they win the division, it's a lock. Well, lock yeah. I mean, Kingsbury could have something to say about it if they finish like fifteen and two or something like sure. that. Sure. But we don't think they're going to do that because of the division and, and whatever. So I think I think it's pretty much a lock for Belichick if they win if they win the division. Also, Cleve, did you notice like seven humble brags from Matt in that last little spiel about the oh, Patriots? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. When you got a guy like Tom, you're just expected <laughs> to win. This year is so similar. It's got a rookie quarterback. It's true though. What would you like me to say? Can I so counting. <laughs> so so here's what I'll say. Uh, my team's eight and four, and uh, Dave's team lost in a last second field goal to the Bears and. Uh, the Jets. I mean, okay. Oh, oh, I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say you were wrong. I was just saying that you know it, it's kind of nice. You know, Matt, I, do you they, even love me, man? What no. the fuck, man? My no. I love to win. That's what I love. <laughs> um, no, but you, my my the point that I was trying to make there is it's in, in like in the NBA when you could give the MVP to LeBron every year, you could give the MVP to like guys like Steph Curry, but you have to give it to somebody else. And I think when the voters were looking at these kinds of things. They take those things into consideration like, oh, he's one of the best coaches ever. So he could theoretically win the Super Bowl. You know, he could win the coach of the year every year. And they just don't give it to him because I think it's not as an impressive feat when you're talking about like, what does coach of the year really mean? Like the best coach in the league? And like, I don't know. I, I can understand why he hasn't won it up until this point. But I can understand the, I mean, the, the hype around this season specifically. 
Yeah. I mean, not even the Matt Castle year. That one is probably the one year that sticks out that maybe, but again, Matt Castle was nothing after that, and they who's also thrown to Randy Moss and Wes Walker that year. So it, yeah, it's but a little different. Up to, they coached them up to what thirteen wins, eleven, eleven, and they missed sorry, the playoffs. Yeah, they missed the playoffs. Yeah, to Chad Pennington and the fucking Dolphins. I'm sure. I'm sure that like that sound. That sounds like a year when either the Colts or the Chargers had 47 wins. Yeah, something like that. That was <laughs> so, no. That wasn't the year that Marty Schottenheimer won 13 games with the Chargers and they fired him. No, because Drew Brees was the quarterback for that. So yeah. that was earlier. And they lost to the Patriots in the in the playoffs, and so that didn't happen the Matt Castle year. Correct. Okay, so the last one I have on this game is that last week in um, what are we calling the the next show, Matt? After dark. PF post game. Post game. So in, in PF post game, I said that this would be a Nelson Aguilar game. It's gonna be an explosive passing spot for the Patriots. Right take, wrong player. It was Kendrick Bourne, five catches, sixty one yards, and two touchdowns. Yep. So give me my Skolansky bucks at least. All right. Okay, the next game here was the biggest game in the history of the NFL because this game finally settled the age old debate. Birds versus cats. Yes. We have the Falcons 21 at the Jags 14. The Birds now take an all-time series lead over the Cats with this win. True. Cordero Patterson played base set running back in this game. Like he was just a running back. And that's very weird because he's a six foot three wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But that's and he, and he crushed it. Like he did, he did really well in this game. That's the only note I have on this game. I mean, these teams suck. This game didn't matter. The Falcons somehow have five wins this year. So if I was a Falcons fan, Cleve might actually be about to win this bet. But <laughs> um, by the way, Cordero Patterson is apparently their third string safety right now. Just to let you know, he's playing every position <laughs> on the field. Wow! Oh man, they should just put. Him, he should get to do like a Tom Harmon game. They should put him on defense. He should get to punt. They let him kick one time. Let him throw a couple passes. Just let him get like every single spot on the stat sheet. They should have Cordero Patterson show up, set some sort of NFL record or something. Did didn't one of your guys do that one year? Who? Me? On, 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 no, on Michigan. Then one of when you guys play in a game, he played like six positions or something like that. Wasn't, wasn't Jabril that? Peppers, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Peppers, yeah. Peppers did do that. He played quarterback, running back, <laughs> slot receiver, defensive back, linebacker, kick returner, punt returner. And we'll so so a- anytime you do that, and if you lose, you, you go to the locker room like, I'm just going to get my stuff and leave because I fucking, I was, I showed up. I was out there. I always <laughs> love that take from you, Cleve, when you're like, I, and the coach comes in to like ream out the team. is like, you're not talking to me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm out. I did my job. Uh, speaking of coaches coming in to talk to the team, I would love to see Urban Meyer leave and go to Notre Dame. Oh man, I don't, I don't. I mean, he would take the Notre Dame job. I, I mean, I don't want to get into this too much, but like, I don't think Notre Dame as an institution is scummy enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Do want to hire Urban, Urban Meyer? Urban totally Cowboy? agree. No, no, he wouldn't, I, get, and, he wouldn't get past the vet. And I actually think that like influential Notre Dame people could actually reach out to the Pope and have it blocked. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Not to like, If they're like, hey, Pope Francis, you know, like the whole kids thing and how it's a bad look? Well, your place at university in America wants to hire this guy. Maybe you should block that and like prevent the next one of these things from happening. Now that Urban Meyer is like touching kids, but you know, he lets his staff beat their wives and whatever. Yeah. So he's awful. And could the Pope do, I, mean, I don't know how this works, but like, could he actually tell them like, you can't hire him? Like, do they actually have to do what he says in this case? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know yeah. how that works. I don't know how it works for that, but I just know that if Urban walked into the Golden Dome, it would just collapse. And so they can't really <laughs> afford that. 
Yeah, that was like when I when I visited the Vatican and I was like, all right, this is where I'm going to find out where I'm going in the afterlife. And I, if I walk in and I just die, then I know exactly what's going to happen. And I've, I'm here. So we're good. I got locked in the Sistine Chapel like uh, Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards because the Pope was talking out in the, the main square. So I spent like 90 minutes crowded with all these people trying to appreciate the art. But really, like it smells just B.O. from everybody from everybody around me. Here's a, oh, here's man, a great spinoff Pope. episode. What would the Pope do? There you go. P.F. Post game. What, what, how, what, who would the Pope pick for his head coach? <laughs> Luke Fickle. Um, so, yes, I don't. I mean, I'm actually asking the question seriously because the president of Notre Dame is father or something or another, which indicates to me that he like actually is a religious person. So he actually could not hire Urban Meyer if the Pope said not to. I'm pretty sure if any Notre Dame fans out there want to get get at us at uh, what's the Instagram at uh, political football podcast. But by the way, if that were to happen, it'd have to go from the Pope through like 16 Cardinals before it got down to him because he's just a yeah. lowly priest, I think. So uh, I don't think that that like I don't think he's Cardinal whatever. And he's the the president of Notre Dame. I think that they, they leave those jobs. For, for the others i'm sure he's highly compensated though no i, I love i love pope francis just hopping on the jet and flying to indiana unannounced to be like Jeez. hey y'all can't hire him and then get out like with this hat but that's it because he left in a hurry so he's got like shorts and a tank and then his hat and he's running in and be like you can't hire urban meyer then he gets on and flies away that would be yeah. great but I, I don't i don't think urban meyer is gonna take that job i i really don't and he's i don't think to take something because he ain't gonna be a jacks you know i'm not necessarily convinced of that yet but i just don't i don't know i don't see that particular institution taking him to be honest with you because no, i don't i just, don't either but please just please like can we can Notre Dame just make this mistake please yes yeah well i i mean I have to say, I, it would be interesting because it'd be amazing if he goes two and fifteen with the Jags, gets in it, or something like that, ends up taking the Notre Dame job, which he'd take before they went two and fifteen. But I think my point is, they have a terrible mm-hmm. season, and then he wins the national title with Notre Dame. It'd be so stupid. Ooh, it'd be man. like, how can one be that bad? Like it's almost as if he planned it that way. There's a hot take for you. Oh man, the, the conspiracies. This is this is great. That works even better with all the uh, hot Pope uh, takes that I got. That I got flying around here. Well, we did say if we ever did a Q and on episode, it would either be ten million listeners or we'd never come back in the air again. So. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, the next game here we have JFK Junior. Thirty-eight at Michael Flynn. Thirty-one. Oh wait, no, this is not the Q and on podcast. We got the Bucks. Thirty-eight. The Colts. Thirty-one. Uh, Cleveland Leonard Fournette in this game. 17 oh, carries for 100 yards and three touchdowns, seven catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. The Jags cut this dude, and then the Bucks were about to cut him last year, but Ronald Jones got COVID, so they had to keep him around, and uh, it's working out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the way he ran, he's he's in a poke high Hall of Fame next to Al Bundy. It's looking good. You know what happened right before the playoffs last year? He saw Lucille hanging out around the locker room, kind of like right outside. You know, just sort of like nicing, nicely talking to the security guards or whatever. And he kind of knew what was going on. He, I mean, he has. He's really improved since then. And what do you have? Five touchdowns? Four or five touchdowns? Something four, like that? four in this game. Four. Yeah. yeah, but you know what sucks about this game? The Colts actually look legit. Yeah, they did. Uh, they looked even more than legit. I thought they looked fantastic. In fact, the note that I have here is the Colts played well and are a good team. Might be too big of a hole to overcome to get in the playoffs, given how awful the Titans look, though. They might have a chance to actually just just pip them at the end Yeah, to uh, to jump in. And if you guys have you guys been watching the in-season hard knocks at all? No. Nope. Not after yeah, your ringing yeah. endorsement on night one. Literally half of the second episode which was after the bill about the bills game leading up to the bills game it was half of it was like a dinner with frank reich and bruce smith and steve tasker just talking about how great it was to play for buffalo in the 90s hmm. wow for bills, 
for they Bills fans, this would be awesome. But for the rest of us, I'm like, can I see somebody play football? Honestly, like, just show me Jonathan Taylor running drills. That'd be, like, I want to see Steve Tasker eat a steak. They didn't have any material, is what you're saying? I told they, no. I mean, they did, but they're choosing these, like, we don't need 15 minutes of Bruce Smith at dinner. Just be like, this is Bruce Smith. He was awesome. Hey, kids, look at this guy, 200 sacks. Here he is. He's balding. You move on. Like, you don't need all this. All this. I mean, Jonathan Taylor ran for five touchdowns against the Bills. Yeah, well, that should be featured. Yeah, they, well, they did, but they spent half the episode talking about the coach and his time in Buffalo, and it's like, we don't need all that. Just just Jonathan Taylor all week because you yeah, know right. it ends with him getting five touchdowns. But I don't know. Maybe the same people that wrote the last season of Game of Thrones because mm-hmm. it, was, it was not good. Good. Um, one thing I did note this game. So, oh, Gronk, seven catches for 123 yards out of nowhere. So that leads me to my take that the Bucks are able to win in multiple ways in multiple types of games. I mean, Brady seems to like keep this team more cohesive and focused than most of these other teams seem to be, which mm-hmm. is why they keep dropping games to these shitty teams. Brady just seems to have them like just always focused and playing well. That's that's the experience. Like that's one thing I I picked up. Just Brady has seen everything and he's been there and you've got to believe in him if you're on this team. And it's like it must be so easy for Arians to know that he doesn't have to coach the team like half the time because yeah, he's oh here, yeah, but it's like here's the game situation. Tom's probably done that a thousand times. So just yeah, just go do your thing. I'll uh you know I'll be getting a hot dog something like that. And then he comes back at the press conference at the end. He's like yeah, we look great. Every time he he outs Tom or outs the team, takes a dig, they went big. Tom shows him, like, listen, I'm the guy here. Shut the fuck up. No, that's because Giselle sends him a text message. I'm the guy here. And that's what happens. She's like, remember, I got Jimmy G sent away. (laughs) He jettisoned. I can do it to you, too. Yeah, so, you know, the takeaway from this game is that the Bucks are legitimate. Not going to call them fraudulent this year. They are very good, and they're going to be tough in the end. But they really want to win the number one seed. Yes. As we're going to get to the Packers later, they nobody wants to go to Green Bay. So no. the Bucks, they need to keep winning. Any games they drop are going to be a big deal because they really should get that buy. I mean, Gronk is four hundred years old, so getting the buy is huge for him. Uh, Antonio Brown, they are going to get back, but not for like another two weeks. So getting another buy would be would be good for that as well. So, mm-hmm. oh, he's not done for the season. I thought he was out. He's for not the done for the season. No. Oh wow, that's that's huge. Yeah, it's like it's gonna be like eight weeks or something like that, oh. but not not for the entire season. Now the wow. next game here was a super important game for some people. The Jets twenty one at the Texans fourteen. Cleve, congrats on getting the win. That's right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, no congrats on your bust of a quarterback, though. Nah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's apparent. I mean, no, we, I, I know we took uh, liberties last week and the last the last two weeks at them. It, it is apparent that the team doesn't respond as well, but they. They played. They played. They showed up and played. But it was the Texans, for Christ's sakes. So it wasn't like they get paid too, but it was the Texans. Uh, I'm pleased with the win. Hey, the Texans I, beat I the Titans last four, week. Yeah, I said that we're going to get four games, so I'm on. I'm on pace. You are on pace. That's the only one you're on pace for, by the way, oh, my yeah. friend. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I actually don't have any other notes on this game besides congratulate Cleve for winning than not congratulate Cleve on his bus quarterback. So, Matt, do you have anything else about this game? Hey, the second time this season that both the Giants and Jets won on the same day. And that, that hadn't happened for like two years prior to the last time that it happened. So New York figuring some shit out. Oh, yeah, yeah good, good, good job to them for getting half their wins on the season. That's right. In two weekends. <laughs> In one week. Uh, the next game here, we've got the Chargers 13 at the Broncos 28. This is my least favorite result of the day, yes. honestly. Like Teddy, two gloves. 
Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater played very well in this game, got hurt. Drew Locke came in, threw for 26 yards at interception. Bridgewater came uh, hobbling back in the game, obviously still hurt, but the Broncos just want him, want uh, Bridgewater to be the quarterback. But I like, I want the Chargers to just seize the moment and take control so bad. And it's it's not, for some reason, it's just not going to happen this year. I don't know what they're missing. I don't know what the issue is. They got a good quarterback. They got a good coach. They've got good defensive players. They got good wide receivers. They got Austin Eckler. They drafted Rashawn Slater on the offensive line, who's fantastic. I, I am as frustrated with the Chargers as I am with the Lions because they are completely opposite ends of the spectrum, if that makes any sense. Yeah, the, the yeah. Chargers and Vikings remind me a lot of each other, where it's like some weeks they look like a completely different team and other weeks they look completely inept losing to these teams that they probably should be beating. I think the Chargers are better, but you get you understand what I'm saying. Is It's like from week to week, what's going on? Like I was watching this result. And I'm thinking, all right, I've called the Broncos frauds all year long. The three of us have called the Broncos frauds all year long. And Cleve was like, Teddy Two Gloves is carving them up. And at the time, I looked at the stat line, and it was like 126 yards and a touchdown. And I was like, I guess. And um, But that's just Teddy's stat line. I mean, that's Teddy's not yeah. going to throw for 405. Nope. He's just not going to do that. But the Chargers, I don't I don't get it. It's not it's not Staley because we, we know that Staley is a good coach. So like, yeah. what is it about the team that just doesn't seem to translate on a week-to-week basis? Cleve, any thoughts? It's the Chargers, man. It was the Chargers with Phillip Rivers. It's like they, they're that team that they get hot, they go on a streak, and then they just cool off. You know, Herbert, we're singing his praises, building him a statue, and we stepped at the kneecaps. Because oh, <laughs> no, he, he is not white Mike. You can't be no. using that line here. He played just no. fine this week. Threw for over 300 yards. He played, he played perfectly fine. The other thing about this game, though, so I want the Chargers to win the division this year, and then I want the Broncos to just tank and be terrible and then get Aaron Rodgers next year setting up the best division of football next year with the Chargers as defending division champs, the Chiefs with Mahomes and Kelsey probably in his final run, and then Aaron Rodgers at the Broncos with all these weapons, and then the Raiders, who cares? But this is like, I don't know if either of these things is going to happen now. I, it kind of feels like Kansas City is just going to come out, come out of this division with like a two-game two, two game win. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. It's I was trying to think to myself, is this division just beating up on each other, or is the division, except for the Chiefs, mostly not good? You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're at least not consistent. That's just my take on it. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's very, very strange. This is the strangest division, in my opinion like in the entire league right now well it's because the broncos and the raiders won't just die like they're supposed to yeah Yeah, i know but that's what i mean is like why like what is it it'd be like if the lions and the bears each had five wins so like so basically you guys are saying they're the cow from me and uh, me myself and irene as matt would like to say i know i didn't want to make that reference twice in two (laughs) weeks but or three weeks but uh you get the idea Cleve's only seen like four movies after 2000. He's too busy watching planes, <laughs> trains, and it's on the, it's on the I, I don't even know. I've, I've never seen that movie. I don't. I have no oh, idea. Oh man, it's um, got an epic, epic rant that I feel like Dave would would have at uh, oh, yeah. the, at the car rental place. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. No, Cleve's yeah. favorite movie is like on the waterfront or something like that from like the 1950s. <laughs> um, it's pretty in Kane because he got to see in the theaters an opening night. Nice. <laughs> That's real good. Man. No, this this division is. I, I don't know, like as much as I want to to have some firm analysis of it, there really isn't an analysis of it. Two teams won't go away. One team won't reach their potential. And we're really not quite sure about the Chiefs as a whole yet, like really confident in them, right? Like we're kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, they, they could catch fire if they make it, but they could also look like they did in the Cowboys games. Which one are we going to see? This is the weirdest division in football, it, just in my opinion. There's a bet I want to make that no book has. I want to bet that the AFC representative for the Super Bowl comes out of the AFC West this year. Oh, God. 
but I can't find anywhere that will that will take it because um, nobody knows that it's everybody knows it's not a possibility. Is that what it is, or is it just no? It, 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 there's not that set up like that. I you gotcha. know, it's just not something that's that's gotcha. offered. But I really wish that it was because you kind of get the Chiefs and then like maybe the Chargers and who knows with these other crazy teams. But that's kind of what I would like there. Now I'm calling my shot here. The Broncos will be fully exposed as frauds at home in week 14. Cleve, do you know who the Broncos play in Denver on week 14 that I'm calling right now they're going to lose to? No, I have no clue. The Detroit Lions. Oh, come on. The Lions will get their first win week 14 in Denver. Teddy uh, too? Hey, so hey, all right, so let's do this. Let's sweeten, let's sweeten the pot. If that happens, I'll throw in, I'll throw in two more sessions because I already owe you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so let's, yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, okay. Let's do some here. Okay. Yeah. No. We can. Uh, we can do that. Yeah. No. The Lions. This is. This is. This is the Delorean. This is where it's at. The <laughs> Lions are going to get this win in Denver. This is where they get fully exposed. This is where Fangio gets fired. This. It's the whole thing. And it's not even going to be close. It's going to be like thirty-one to thirteen. The Lions are going to stop. Oh no, man! Teddy two gloves. So, so Cleve did not listen to the post game last week where Dave said he was looking forward to the Lions getting their first win on Thanksgiving. Uh, that's happened. Uh, we have also called the the Colts getting exposed by the Bills didn't happen. We also said they're going to get exposed by the Bucks really didn't happen. So we're on a little bit of a cold streak with making these projections. So Cleve might be in good shape here. So put the right fucking gas in. The- the DeLorean and stop putting in the cheap shit because it's not running right. No, he's not putting the he's not putting the uh, whatever it is that you're supposed to put in there the <laughs> nuclear shit. Okay, I'm pretty sure I said that DK Metcalf was great, even though Cleve said he was a bust. I said they should oh, take Justin Fields, even though he went to the oh. mat for Zach Wilson. Oh. I said two is good, even though he thinks two is a bust. I said Josh Allen is great, even though he thinks Josh Allen is terrible. What have you done for me lately, Dave? Also, we also the Browns have won the Super Bowl, so we're all kind of in the together. (laughs) And Dave and I said the 49ers are going to make the Super Bowl. That might be one of the things that could be likely still. That's the only thing that we're really like living on right now. Exactly. And they are the winner of the next game here. We got the Vikings 26 at the 49ers 34. So, uh, Cleve, the Vikings lost this game, but Justin Jefferson only had four catches. Do you think these things are related? Yeah, I mean, they're obviously not listening to the show. I think Mike Zimmer, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell him. This formula is not hard to figure out for Minnesota. Like, get Justin Jefferson at least six catches a game and see what happens. Now, on the one hand, Delvin Cook is hurt. He's out at least two weeks. On the other hand, Alexander Madison is a very good backup running back, and they're at Detroit this week. So cue Alexander Madison for the single-game rushing record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. By the way, guys, did you see that uh, Kirk Cousins lined up behind the right guard on a key fourth down play? It was awesome. Was he, was he like, like, did he get like rocked or something? And he was just, I don't know. know he, he, he had his hands he down. At? He had his hands down there and everything. Oh, and ready to go. Critical Wait, fourth down. The full, the full John Elway. He just lined up under the guard. Yep. And thought it was the center. Had no idea where he was lining up. Nope. So it wasn't, so it wasn't the annexation of Puerto Rico. No. <laughs> Great okay. reference, by the way. <laughs> Little Giants. Nice. <laughs> Never seen that movie either. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Dave, what, what the fuck? It's got Al Bundy in it. I watch you guys keep talking about these comedies. like I watch gangster movies and hero movies and Star Wars. Oh. I don't I don't really watch uh comedies and stuff all the, all that much. Although I've heard I've heard I would like stripes. I've heard I would like um Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. The, Bill Murray. Uh, what, the, one, the one with the golf the golf. Caddyshack. One. Caddyshack's yeah, fine. Caddyshack. Yeah, it's all right. I like stripes um, better. Uh Groundhog Day is awesome. So yes. like I do like some I do like some movies. So like I said, Groundhog Day is uh is fantastic. 
Um, anyways, getting back to this game, the 49ers are on a roll here and will be a tough out in the playoffs, which I do think they are probably going to make, given their ridiculous schedule coming up. Cleve, here is the remaining schedule for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. At Seattle, Wins. Wins. At, at the Bengals, hard. Mm. Home to Atlanta, Win. At the Titans, the week before Derrick Henry can come back, Win. Home to the Texans, Win. And then at the Rams, mm. toss up. Poss- yeah, it's yeah, a toss yeah, up. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, like they got four more wins coming. They're they're gonna get in. So. Yeah, but no Debo Samuel for the next one or two weeks, and that could that could hurt them because he's been awesome for them. Yeah, that could that could be a real problem. But this is a team that wants to run the ball first and foremost, anyways. Mm-hmm. And Seattle is not going to stop that. Eli Mitchell in this game, twenty seven carries for one hundred thirty three yards and a touchdown. You know he's he's going to feast next week against yeah. Seattle, anyways. By the way, Cleve, he was a sixth round pick this year. That's right. <laughs> oh shit! Wow. Yeah, they also took a running back to the third round named Trey Sermon, who is uh, the water boy. He sucks. Yeah, he stinks. Yeah, he's awful. So the sixth round pick is in there getting carry. So this is what I mean. And honestly, if you flip Eli Mitchell and Najee Harris, is it any different for the 49ers and the Steelers at this point? No. No. Right. Don't take first round running backs, people. Unless it's Leonard Fournette, apparently. And then you cut him and then he goes to another team. And scores <laughs> That's right. Other than that, don't take first round running backs. The, uh, the next game here, we got the Rams 28 at the Packers 36. And the Rams are the reverse Patriots. So they started out hot. And now they have completely fallen apart. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what it is they need to do. It's kind of like the the Chargers, like both LA teams. They've got great pieces and good play and good coaches and good defensive players. And for some reason, it's just not working for them. Is Matt Stafford hurt? I know that might be low hanging fruit, but is he hurt? Yeah, he's got chronic back pain, which makes sense because he broke his back like three times in Detroit. Yeah, and he's just not playing. He, he's not playing like he's healthy to me. And I know that there's a lot of other factors that go into it, and that's an easy avenue to take. But they just don't look right. And I know OBJ had that long touchdown, but he also looked kind of uncomfortable there too. Like running around a little bit. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw that or not. They don't. Yeah. They don't look right. I'm almost willing to call them in trouble. So I'm not going to call them in trouble yet because they host Jacksonville and they go to Arizona, and either they will win both of these games and nobody will care about any of the rest of any of it, right? Because they'll have got the big win over Arizona and they'll be nine and four and whatever. They'll lose to Jacksonville, which means that now they're in trouble. They're probably total frauds. And yeah. Whatever. Or they lose to Arizona and they're in the same position they are right now. But that's not done because a lot of teams lose to Arizona. Yeah. So as long as they don't just choke to Jacksonville, they're kind of free rolling being okay later. They are. But then this game also in Lambeau, they may have to do this again. And this was not a good showing for them. Like, can they reverse this outcome? Not really sure. Oh, no, 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 no. They need they need to go to Arizona instead. Yeah, exactly. They need to go to a place that's a little bit more friendly for Matt, for not for Matt Stafford just specifically, but the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. If the Packers end up with the number one seed in the NFC, it's got to be them or the Bucks, right? Nobody else is going to Green Bay and winning that game. No, the Bucks also know that they can win that game, too, because they did it last year. So, yeah. And it's Tom Brady. He knows he can win anywhere. Although they won that game because Matt, Matt LaFleur is an idiot. And uh, kick field goals that we should have gone for it. The Green Bay probably should have won that game. Probably, but they didn't. That's true. Uh, also, I have a question. Why did they rush Aaron Jones back this week? Like, he got 10 carries or something like that. He's coming off a sprained MCL. Who's only, he only missed one game. Their bye is next week. And A.J. Dillon is awesome. Like, why, why did they looked, rush him back? He looked really good last week. Yeah. And, like, just keep feeding the guy the ball. Like, 
This is something that I'm not sure about. Is it a player wanting to come back because he doesn't want to lose his spot because Dylan looks so good? Is this the coaches bringing him back because of some, you know, they think this is, they obviously thought this was a big game, but I, I, I agree. I felt like it was a little bit strange to see him out there, especially knowing that they have the bye coming up and, you know, they, they have a productive running back behind him. It's not as if you know you're having a severe drop off and you don't know what you're going to get out of it. Like they've already seen what Dylan can do. Sometimes I'm not sure about Matt LaFleur, honestly. Yeah. Also, I don't get the players to be able to decide when they come back. Like, that's not their job. I know, but it happens, I'm sure. Cleve can probably attest to that. Like, players yeah. want to be out there. Yeah, I mean, the most uh, the most egregious one that we can remember of, 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 of late was RG3 limping to the fucking huddle. Yeah. His legs doing the Tootsie Roll. And I'm like, Kirk Cousins was a, was a very good backup that RG3 wouldn't have had to been worried about losing his job to because he's having a phenomenal season. Yep. And I'm like... Why would you play like? And then I think Shanahan said, "Oh, well, he made the decision that he wanted to go." And I'm like, "He's your franchise quarterback? Fucking kidding?" Yeah, but I wonder sometimes if the money plays into it because some of these players are making more than these coaches. So you know, are they yeah. like, "Fuck it, I'm going out there." I don't know what the dynamic is, but I, uh, Dave, I do agree. It's strange, but I do feel like are the Packers playing some of the most consistent football right now? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that they are. I mean, they're they're playing well. I just. I don't think that they're good enough to beat the elite teams like over and over and over again. But to get the number one seed and to get everybody in Green Bay and they go to L.A. to play the Broncos for all we know, the Super Bowl, like it, it might not matter. Yeah. You remember, was it week one when they got trashed by the Saints and we all were like, oh, that's it. Rodgers is done. And yeah. it's, that's this, you, it's a, the perfect example as to why you cannot overreact to a one first, especially the first week. But Rodgers has looked good. I mean, he has a broken toe. I don't know if you guys saw it. He showed his toe on the on the Zoom, you know, camera oh, or whatever God. it was, which no, is man, so I, lovely. I, I can't I can't do it. I, I hate feet. feet I, it's just weird. Uh, I don't understand it. He's he's playing right into all these things. And I'm, I'm so over him. But he's looked great on the field. And if, if, if he and Devontae Adams are going to have this connection over and over and over again, and they can get something from this defense, that's more than we thought that they would get. They are mm-hmm. playing really consistent and will be dangerous. And if they're playing at Lambeau, they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be a tough out. A tough out, anyways. I'm just not. Maybe it's just because they look like they always do. So there's nothing new or different or exciting. Yeah, I hear you on that. And we want to talk about all the teams that are like struggling and choking games away to teams they shouldn't be losing to. But they're not really doing that. I mean, they lost to the yeah. Cardinals, right? Um, or yeah, they no, they beat the Cardinals. Not, yeah, but you get what I mean. Like they 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 haven't had a game where you're like, that's a head scratcher. The Saints game, but it's Week One. Like you you really can't extrapolate anything from Week One. Which is what exactly. we said at the time. We're like, that game tells us nothing. Yeah. Uh, but we learned about the Saints since then as well. We so, sure have. Uh, the next game here, we've got the upcoming Super Bowl champion, Cleveland Browns 10 at the Baltimore Ravens 16. Jesus. This is another game where both teams just deserved an L. Oh, it's awful. Both these teams should have lost. This was a terrible <laughs> game. However, this was the most extreme case of if a quarterback can run, he can make up for a terrible passing day, is Lamar Jackson cleave 20 of 32 for 165 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Four interceptions. However, 17 for 68 on the ground, and that was instrumental in them eking out an ugly win. And we've seen White Mike throw four interceptions and Ryan Tannehill throw four interceptions, mm-hmm. and those games were blowouts. Because if you throw four interceptions in a game, you should get yeah, yeah, you should obliterated. Be, yeah, 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 you should be annihilated. And they but won. The, see, 
here's the thing about here's the thing about Lamar, and I don't know if this is the third time he was sick in not not this year, but in his career, like he just couldn't go for whatever reason. He, yeah, they, they said he was sick. So for him to even be out there slinging the ball around like that, I don't even know if he was a hundred percent from or recovered from whatever he was sick from physically sick from but maybe he wasn't seeing guys maybe he just didn't have the rhythm the game speed you know i mean he's coming off being sick i mean i mean we've all been sick just for you know a week or so from where you know where everything's just like not feeling perfect yeah um so uh everyone's entitled to have a bad game i mean there was a rumble game where rumble threw six picks against buffalo back back in the day you know um so he probably wasn't seeing the field well as opposed to being sick because all four interceptions came targeting Mark Andrews. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what he's forcing the ball in there. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he was trying to force the ball in into Mark Andrews in some of these situations. So like he played terribly passing, but he was good enough at rushing the ball to like in a game where Cleveland also played bad to be able to win. But typically if both teams play bad, but one quarterback throws four interceptions and the other quarterback throws one, the team that throws one is going to win the game. But in this case, that didn't happen because of the rushing ability of Lamar Jackson. Now, Kevin Stefanski is getting constant questions about whether or not he should bench Baker Mayfield, who in this game was 18 of 37. Jesus. For, yeah, for 247 yards, Fuck. one touchdown and no picks. Uh, Matt, I'm going to put it to you. Is it time to bench Baker Mayfield for Case Keenum? So this is just me. I feel like I know the Browns could still technically be in it. They have their bye, and they have the Ravens again. They lose to the Ravens again, they're done. Like, I just don't. I mean, they may be able to eke into the playoffs at the very, very end. But I'm looking at Baker and I'm thinking he is he's so not right. And I don't think it's him healthy and he's not right. He's just not healthy. And if if they're going to stick with Baker for the rest, like if they're going to stick with him, that's the thing is like they're in such a weird position because they have to make a decision on whether they want to keep him or not. And if they want to keep him, then isn't it in their best interest to make sure that they get a healthy version of him? I understand that they could still be in it. But at this point, when you're watching him out there, how is he doing the best service for the team? Not just himself, but how how are you doing the best for your team? Does he really give them the best chance to win in the current state that he is in? And is it really fair to assess him the way that the media has done and say, like, he's a bust? And I'm like, I don't know if that's fair the way that he is going out there right now. Like, take all the stuff with the fans out of it and all that. He's hurt and he's out there trying to gut it out. But it's really difficult to do that. And they just I don't know. Like he he's playing for what I feel like is his reputation. His money is definitely is definitely off the table. Like the money like to break the bank with a with a um, with a big payday. It's it's going to be up for um, for a very good negotiation because they they don't have a viable option behind him. But but again, you're trotting this guy out. He's half baked. He's you know, for lack of a better but, term, nice pun yeah. there, by the way. <laughs> half I have that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, um, Cleve, Dave said last week on the post game that the sharp teams and the sharp organizations are thinking about next season, possibly even two or three seasons from now, right? And if you're looking at the Browns, if you're doing the right math, you're thinking, all right, how am I going to look at the next season? Like, if Baker goes out there and they don't make the playoffs and he's damaged goods now, where are you as an organization? Because you've got a draft, the draft class isn't very strong right now, or you got to make a trade, and the one guy who everybody wants to trade for is a piece of shit, and he might be in jail. So now, all of a sudden, you're left in an organizational position of, what do we do? Because they have a tough choice to make, and every organization comes up to this crossroad. Do we pay the guy, or do we find a new guy? And if you don't have a really good path to a new guy, you've got to figure something out. And It's going to be Mitch Trubisky. You know, 
Mitch Trubisky right now would probably give them a better chance to win because he's healthy yeah. and he's yeah. he- and that's the thing though is like if you're watching Baker Mayfield right now and you're saying he's a bum, you don't know what you're watching. I'm, I'm willing to be that out there about this because I'm watching him and I'm like, he's not Baker Mayfield. Like no. we saw Baker Mayfield last year and that team was really good. They were a win away from the AFC championship game. Remember, we all watched that and we're like, yeah. wow, this team is legit. We watched, we watched him a couple weeks ago. Yes. When Odell got uh, jettisoned out of there. Like, I'm like, okay, bait. Okay. Yeah. And but, he, we but know mentally he's. Mentally and physically, he's not there. It's, 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 he's mentally and physically not there. And you know this more than anybody. The physical affects the mental. Right. If you're not right physically, you're not going to be right up here. And so every time he drops back, he's in pain, I would assume. And every time he drops back, he's trying to do something. And also in his mind, he's thinking about, I want to get paid. The the fan base doesn't believe in me. I want to win. This team is not winning enough. Right. We have high expectations and you're trying to force everything. Like, I feel like it is a perfect storm of everything that could go wrong for Baker Mayfield. And he's getting unfairly assessed by a lot of people. That's just me. I know now that he's not going to be. If the ceiling on Baker Mayfield is not going to be what it could be for some of these other guys that we're talking about, but he's certainly not one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league, and he has looked like that the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I'm him, I would shut it down. I'm like, listen, because he knows that there's no other viable option, especially through the draft. To so the draft, he's right. safe there, right? The free agent market, we don't know who's going to carousel out. I threw Mitch's name, threw Mitch's name out there for just a second but you know i don't know how serious i am about that but you're right mitch would give them a a chance to win um but yeah if i'm if i'm him i'm shutting it down because because i'm protecting protecting the bag bag. for the next situation because some other team may pay him there's there's a few teams that need quarterbacks Mm -hmm. um the saints possibly in next year i mean there's a few teams that can eat that can use a quarterback so i would shut it down so i can get right if but ba- again, they're, if yeah. they're in the hunt, they're in the hunt. Baker Mayfield has been hurt since that Texans game when he tried to make a tackle on an interception and he effed up his non-throwing shoulder. And it's just it's just aggregated since then. But if you're looking at Case Keenum, I'm not ever going to say that Case Keenum is the guy to win them in the future. He's not the future. But you're talking about this season. If the, if the Browns organizationally are trying to plan for next season and they know that Baker's the guy that they want, then what, what do they have to do this year? Well, start Case Keenum because Case Keenum probably is a better option than a just absolutely tore up Baker Mayfield. That's just me. And again, the Browns, might not, uh, they may not win the Super Bowl the way that we thought, but they're certainly not going to win it with Baker looking the way that he is right now. I, I just don't believe that. So I do want to jump into this take, but sure. it's connected to the next game. But one thing I want to mention before we get there is that the Ravens are currently the number one seed in the AFC and the Ravens are not fraudulent. No. But that fact is fraudulent. There is no way they should be the number one seed in the AFC. That is ridiculous. Well, I was actually thinking that the Ravens have won a game with their backup quarterback that I think only Dave heard of probably before that game. Like I learned who that was as <laughs> he Tyler trotted Holly. out. Yeah, he was he was great at Utah. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Right. So you you follow college very intimately. So I found out who he was as he was trotting out in the field. And they won that game, right? Which a lot of teams generally don't win games with their backups. And they, yep. they won that game. And then they win a game with a four interception performance from Lamar. So they are one team who has staved off some of these losses with some I of these things. Sixty-six yard field There's goal. There's that with too. The right. So <laughs> that's why I asked about the Packers' inconsistency because that's one thing that every team, except for a couple of teams right this second, are striving to find. Right. The Patriots are playing consistent. Maybe we're not impressed with their wins, but they're playing consistently. The Eagles were playing consistent. 
The Chargers are not playing consistently. That's the thing that they're striving to find, and a lot of these teams can't seem to find it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The next game here, we have the Seattle Seahawks in the next quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, 15, and the Washington football team, 17. So to relate this back to the last take you guys are talking about, I think the Browns should package Baker Mayfield in a draft pick to Seattle for Russ. I actually don't mind that. And I think it would be advantageous for both guys, to be perfectly honest with you, because Baker, again, we just said this, if Baker's healthy, he's fine. And he's got weapons in Seattle, especially if they get rid of the coach, probably, because if they well, can yeah, move on from Pete Carroll. That's the, that's the caveat there, because yeah. I was going to say Baker's Baker's um, kind of personality and Pete's Pete's personality and Russ's personality, because Russ is a company guy. Yes. Go Hawks. Baker's not a company guy, <laughs> you know, and it's going to take a lot of gum chewing to get Baker to conform and 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 toe the line there because the way if things go off the off the rails baker's you know his pressures are going to be very interesting in seattle (laughs) the seahawks trade russell wilson for baker mayfield in a first round pick and they hire kellen moore as coach what do we think kellen moore i mean again you're not trading him to it's not like golf going to the lions here he's going to a team that has metcalf they have lockett they have weapons there Mm -hmm. and i think you get a sharper coach i'm not saying that Pete carroll's not like a good coach, but I think he's well past his prime at this wait, point, and he's wore his welcome. Wait a minute. So obviously, if we're not going to compare apples to apples here, but you're telling me that Baker, well, when the when the uh, the Browns are at full at full go, that that plethora of of of, of offense that they have there, like he he can't win with that. He can't win with that because he's obviously hurt. If he goes to Seattle, it's the same thing. He's hurt. Well, we're hurt. talking about next season. Like this is next season. Like they're not going to trade no, now. No, me- no, no, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying earlier, he's mentally and physically not there. He's so he needs to get his mojo back or whatever, whatever you want to call that. Yeah, but moving from Cleveland to Seattle will do that for most people. You ever been to Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland sucks. No. That song that says Cleveland rocks is totally <laughs> shit. Your name, your name should be Seattle because Cleveland is awful. Like, it's actually kind of insulting. I mean, oh, Seattle, it man. rains 300 days out of the year, but it's not Cleveland. And no offense to anybody who yeah. lives in Cleveland. I've been there. It just wasn't my thing. Just saying. I know Dave has a thing against Ohio in general. But no offense to everybody in Cleveland. Not really. I actually don't dislike Cleveland all that much. But just in general, right. like, if you're not from Ohio, Seattle's probably a better place to be than Cleveland. I mean, I think that's a fair, that's a fair take. I think so. But this to me, like the writing seems like it's on the wall that the Pete Carroll era is coming to an end. Does it not? hundred percent. He's done. Yeah. And, and Russ, I, I don't know if Russ is still hurt. He may, may very well be, but he also seems very uninspired. Is that fair too? Yeah. They've, they've all quit. Like Russ has never had a losing year in the NFL and he's they're basic they're basically what Cleve thought the Lions were going to be yeah. this year. Like win a few games and look okay, but not do anything. And that's exactly what they are. They're they're kind of like the Falcons with some cachet. Like they're not they're not good. They know they're not good. Russ has never been in the situation before. He's also leaving. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure. So like nobody's interested in doing anything anymore. You can see it DK Metcalf. He's pissed because he knows everybody around him is giving up. So he's like, well, why am I going to be playing hard? Which I fully understand. Like I think he and Lockett should just shut it down for the year because what what is the point? You know, don't tear an ACL now and miss out the start of next year. Just just shut it down and be be done with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do agree with that. But to to go back to what Cleve was saying about Baker, like he doesn't believe that Baker can be successful in Seattle because he's not mentally and physically there. 
I think he's not mentally and physically there because he's hurt. Like if you give him yeah. a full off season to to heal up and it changes scenery, and I don't think I don't I honestly don't believe that Baker Mayfield is necessarily mentally soft the way that he was saying you know last week. No. I just no. think he's dealing with a lot of stuff, and we've all been there. And I. I said to Cleve while, while you were off a little bit here, and I was like, you know, Baker is hurting. And when you're hurting physically, you hurt mentally too. Like it just affects you. And I'm sure every single snap hurts for Baker Mayfield right now. And it, it you know, like I don't see the benefit of starting him the rest of the year. And again, like you talked about last week, you got to think a year ahead. You got to think to the next year sometimes. Even if you're having a good year, you got to think about next year. It's the way that these these franchises work. And many of the bad franchises don't do that. They're like, all right, we got our guy for this year and we're good to go. And they shouldn't be thinking that way. It's exactly what we said about San Francisco. Shanahan could be thinking about next year. We don't know that. He's not ever going to come out and say it. But if anybody needs to at this point, it's got to be Stefanski because he's a good coach. They do have talent. And I think that they could actually resurrect the, the organization next year if Russ was there. But I don't think that Baker is necessarily done in the league. And I think you get a new coach, new scenery, new weapons, and he's healthy. And I think that he has a chance to be successful. Now, if that doesn't work out, it's a different story. Then we can talk about Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, you know, apples to apples, as Cleve would say. But I think right now, <laughs> if there's no fair comparison because he's so hurt. Like, there's nobody in the league right now at quarterback playing as hurt as he is, I don't think. Yeah, so the thing, too, is that the, another good reason for benching him is that as far as Cleveland's concerned, Baker Mayfield is a huge asset for next year, whether they sign him to a long-term deal yes. or they want to trade him. Either way, if he's too beat up and he's hurt and he's got some year-long injury, nobody's going to trade for him. They're not going to get. He's not going to have a training camp with the new team or any of the mini camps or any of that. So I, I'm with you. I think they need to evaluate during the bye week how he really is physically and decide are we really making a push for it this year or not. And if not, go ahead, shut him down, shut down Nick Chubb. Like there's no, like, you don't risk. Jack Conklin already tore up his knees, so he's out through like the start of next year. You know, shut down, shut down Miles Garrett. Like you just get ready for next season, yeah, because they're they're so close to being so good. And Baker has to know that his bargaining position is totally, you know, sunk at this point. Because if you look at the what he's if he's negotiating off of what he's done this year, yes, you have the fact that I was hurt, but he's going to ask for Josh Allen type dollars. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a difficult, like, bar. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be difficult yeah. to ask to say, like, hey, I deserve as much as that guy. And they're like, I don't know. Like, is there enough to justify that kind of money? Now, if they're going to keep him, I like what you're saying, Dave. And I, I go in there as an organization and say, look, look, Baker, we like you. We want you to stay here. But right now you're just not you're just not healthy. And we've got to look out for your best interest at, in the long term. Like as a player, as a competitor, he wants to play. But the organization has to make that call because, as you said, he's an asset in some fashion for them. So they've got to make the call for him, and they're not willing to do it. But uh, on the other side of that sideline, Washington is the seventh seed, and God, they're no, please don't. I don't want to see that. Uh, Washington, Washington for the playoffs is a real, real possibility. It is. I know they play Dallas and Philadelphia twice each. Still, so they. They not only can they make the playoffs, they can actually win the division if they uh, get hot enough here down down the stretch with Dallas losing to the Raiders and shit. Does Riverboat Run get some Coach of the Year consideration if that happens? Oh man, I'm looking at something that I don't know if it would have gotten this canceled, but I'm glad I thought about to say it differently. I think he's going to get some extra consideration because of the cancer thing, but I don't think that no matter what they do, he's going to be able to get this because either Kingsbury or Belichick will have done so much better that 
I think they're going to be the ones to get it instead. Oh, I, I agree. I'm just asking, like, is 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 it a, is it a testament to the coaching that he's done this year if they end up finishing like nine and eight and make the playoffs? Yeah, no, hell they, yeah, no, they should, they should be twelve and five. No, yeah, I mean, but I mean, you go into your 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 um first uh, couple of weeks without the quarter. I mean, Fitzy's not a world beater, but you go in with the guy that. The guys play for you now. You didn't expect to be playing. Like you didn't game plan for this guy. To, uh, was it T- Taylor Heineke? Yes. Yeah. You you didn't expect that, and it says a lot about guys helping themselves. You know, he's not he's not lighting it up, but he's doing enough to win these games. You know, but their division is show shit with the Giants and the and and the Eagles. The Eagles the Eagles are fraudulent. Eagles are fraudulent. I'm looking, I guess, the, the the last half of the season. Like they're gonna finish the season without Chase Young. Obviously they, they don't have fits and they've got Heineke and they have some other weapons. I agree with you, Dave. They should have been better. Like we all thought they were gonna be better because we thought this defense was elite. But if you're looking at the the losses that they've had, I'm you know, in the way that they started, uh especially beating the Bucks, like they, they seem like they're playing a little bit over what we thought they were going to be after we saw how bad that defense like that was just kind of you know asking for uh you know because like hey are they should we give them any credit here but he's 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 not going to win for the same reason sean mcdermott's not going to win even though the pills could be the number one seed in the afc coach of the year is always a versus expectations award that's true the football teams just they have a top defense compete for the division all this and they're like oh does he win if they go 10 and 7 well no not when belichick's gonna win the afc east now kingsbury's going 14 and 3 you know he just does it he'll be in the conversation and like i say he'll get some extra juice because of the great story the cancer surviving and all that if it was if they actually were 12 and 5 and winning the division came down to him versus kingsbury that might push him over the edge but he's he's um 1715 is that scorigami i don't i don't think so either but it's a terrible score 15 oh god wasn't there a blocked extra point that got returned for two points in this game too yes it was awesome because when when the when the defensive lineman scooped up the black kick he was running down the field there was like a defensive back behind him like calling for the ball and i'm like dude you got to pitch this ball to this fast guy but then the defensive line like matched him down the field and i was like who are these freaks in the nfl this is like 300 pounds yeah and he just ran stride for stride with that defensive yeah, back yeah the last couple of weeks if you guys noticed we've seen that in the, in the dolphins game when the guy upended the end zone try to get the ball in i mean these guys are yeah. exciting these big guys are exciting and it goes to the athleticism that you know people out there trying to their best to play these football players today do not look like the football players that my father grew up watching they just do not anymore like they're all extraterrestrials they might they might play into your ancient aliens theory dave but my god they are all freaks of nature like even the offensive linemen can run a faster 50 than i can like that's that's sick i remember the the time when this really hit me Uh, so Mike Hart, my my, I was twenty three. So Mike Hart's junior year at Michigan, he ran a forty time, four or five something, 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 whatever. But every like the average of the linebackers in the NFL draft that year was like way faster. Yeah, and I was like, oh, NFL linebackers are all faster than Mike Hart. Mm-hmm. Those guys that tells you what you need to know about like how crazy athletic these these defensive players are. And yeah, it, the little athleticism is insane and. People like to say, like, all these old school players we will play today or whatever. And, like, that's true for, like, Deacon Jones. But who was next to him? Um, I mean, there was another good player. Like, the Fearsome Force, that's a bad example. But, like, most of the players from back, like, I don't think 
I don't think Randy White even makes it in the NFL today. Are we assuming mm. that they don't have today's medicine and, and nutrition and all that stuff? Are we are we taking them specifically the way that they yeah, were, we're just, back in we're the going day? We're to the DeLorean. We're just taking them off the field in 1972 and dropping them in right here. I don't even think that it comes that it comes even close. No, I mean, I mean, LT plays in this league and dominates. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor played in like 1992. I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> Ronnie Lott can play in this league too. We're talking yeah. like back to your, we're talking back to like your middle age, Cleve, like the 70s and 60s. We're talking <laughs> like back, back a little bit further. Also, I feel like if you took whoever that no name lineman who ran back this kick mm-hmm. for the Seahawks was, and you put him on the Browns with Otto Graham in the 1950s, he gets 47 sacks a game. Oh yeah, that's true. You guys remember when Larry Allen ran a guy down, right? In, a Saints, yes. in that Saints game, mm-hmm. and Larry Allen's like a three hundred pounder. Oh yeah, I love big guy <laughs> touchdowns, man, or big big guy plays. Like when Vince Wolfork had like three interceptions in his whole career, but it was hysterical because he had like that ten yard run back, and I'm like, he's got to get on oxygen right away because <laughs> he is not used to running that far. But it's hysterical when they get it. Like tips it to himself and starts running. I was like, what am I watching? Like Vince Wolfork weighed like three hundred and eighty five pounds. <laughs> yeah. For- for anybody who wants to know what I'm referencing, look up Larry Allen, play for the Cowboys, probably Hall of Fame. I mean, yes. The guy was a freak of nature. He's standing at the interception. He's standing next to, to the offensive line and then runs a guy down. It takes a great ankle. But the best thing about it is that John Madden's like doing that game. And John Madden's like, did you see? What? Like he, he put so much attention on that. No one forgot. Everyone forgot about the interception. Everyone forgot about that, but he was like, oh my God, he jerked Larry Allen off for like, a, like 10 minutes. So I almost sick. made a joke about <laughs> transporting weed, but that wasn't Larry Allen. That was the other thing <laughs> <laughs> on the Cowboys. His name was flipping my mind. Wow. So I'm not going to say that because Larry Allen, as far as I know, has never transported hundreds of pounds of marijuana in a van. That, so. that is a great segue to our positive story for the week. Um, <laughs> that does not that does that does not revolve around around weed. Um, I don't know how old this story is, but it just popped up my my Instagram feed this past week. So apparently, this one kid I don't know where he lives. I didn't do a lot of research into all the details, but it doesn't really matter. Apparently, his date broke up with him like the week of prom, and he had nobody to go with. Right, so that's awful. We've all been in high school, and it sucks. So apparently, he. He tweeted or got in touch with Juju Smith-Schuster and said, will you go with me? So Juju accepted, bought the kid a $10,000 suit, and they showed up wow. in matching $10,000 suits to this kid's prom. And I bet you that girl was like, damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck you. So I thought that was really cool because we've seen some stories like that where where players in, you know, Juju's obviously got nothing going on right now. But, um, you know, to, to do that, and it's one thing to show up. I mean, that's enough. But he bought the kid a ten thousand dollars suit. It's like this money green sort of velvet looking thing. Like it is, it's way too good for. I, I if he bought that for me, I'd be like, yo, I can't wear that. Like I would look like a complete idiot. I would have took this Ethereum suit. or or Litecoin. I'm like, just give me some Litecoin and I'll take a two hundred dollars suit from uh, <laughs> from. Uh, <laughs> Cleve, from did uh, you just say you would take Ethereum or Litecoin? Yeah, to give him ten grand. He, he ain't getting Bitcoin with that. He, he's got ten grand to spread uh, out. You can also have 10 grand worth of Bitcoin, Cleve. Believe it or not, you can actually <laughs> break up Bitcoin by decimals and by lower amount. You don't need $58,000 to get a hold of Yeah, yeah. Well, I have some. It's okay, <laughs> Boomer. I'll, I'll explain it later. I have some. I have some. I've got like 15 bucks worth of Bitcoin. I don't know what that is, like point zero 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 eight two six or something like that, but whatever. But it's nice on... Good on Juju. completion percentage this week. Yeah, good on Juju this week. Um, so... 
Cleve, uh, we thank you for hanging out with us this week. You know, actually All listening right. to you guys talk about football, these games really did suck ass this week. So I'm yeah. sorry that I opened with, hey, you know, this weekend really delivered. I'm a fucking no, moron. It, no, it, no, it's not that. It, it, we made it exciting. We dressed it up. It, it, it was, it was something to behold. I have said this before that PF, our show, is better than any other show in the country at making bad teams interesting. So that's (laughs) kind of what we do around here. Like, well, we don't want to talk about the good teams. We want to talk about the Jags and the Texans and Tyrod and everything. This year when there are no good teams. That's a good point. Every team is bad and by the end of all of this, uh, the Cleveland Browns will still be the Super Bowl champions with Case Keenum as their quarterback. So we might be able to have that in the range of outcomes. Imagine it. If, if we won the bet in case shit. Keenum won the bet, I would try to get him on the show. I'd be like, <laughs> this is the best you're ever going to do in your career. Come talk to us because all three of us put money on the Browns, but not you leading the Browns. So, Well, from, from your lips to Urban Meyer's boss's ears, and I don't mean that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So anyway, um, we thank everybody for, for listening to us. We hope you had a good Thanksgiving, of course. And uh, it's always fun to, to yuck it up with you guys connect with the show however the hell you want i said i'm at the top of the show at this point but uh stick around for pf post game with me and dave so cleave is off to do whatever it is that he does in the evenings all the clicking of the madden controller he's probably got a game to win and uh dave and i'll you know we'll yuck it up so thanks everybody for listening and gentlemen i'll see you next week peace yeah. the opinions and viewpoints expressed on political football are those of cleave dave and maddie ice and not necessarily those of the maddie ice media network political football is exclusively owned by cleave dave and maddie ice and is brought to you by the maddie ice media network